Hello, St. Matthew family. My name is Father Ted Sill, and you're listening to our podcast, St. Matthew Moments, where we connect through Catholic conversations. The Holy Spirit has something for us today, so take a deep breath, clear your mind, and come connect with us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of St. Matthew Moments. Uh, with me, I'm Julie Ratliff, and with me I've, is our pastor, Father Ted Sill. Hi, and along for the ride is seminarian from the parish, Dominic Ratliff. What's up? And seminarian assigned to us for a pastoral year is John Hemmerly. We're happy to have them along for this discussion. It's good to be here. Thanks for being here, everyone. So um, this week coming up, we are celebrating our annual um, vocational awareness week that we do um, through the USCCB and here in the parish. And so I thought it'd be a great time for us to sit down and talk with um, all of you who are in this active discernment period of seminary life and just hear about you know, what life is like, how you heard your call and that kind of thing. So thanks for being here for that. But first of all, we're gonna, um, usually we share like our Catholic moment of the week. So this is just an opportunity for all of us to sort of ponder and think about like, how do we really feel like we lived into our Catholic faith this week? Have a, wanna jump in there with their yeah, definitely. So, hi, I'm Dominic. Okay, so uh, I'm a second year collegiate. Um, so basically, I'm in my second year, and I have six more to go. Um, yeah, at the beginning of, of this week, uh, we just got back from a silent retreat, um, a week-long one. It was really, really good. And we got back, and me and my brothers in the college, uh, there's only about 13 of us right now, but we got together, and we just had like some really great conversations about how we want to live uh, together as a college and just move forward and how we're going to, uh, yeah, be more, um, support each other more. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just like commit to like have con- like good con- conversations with each other. So just fostering, uh, some Catholic fraternity was really, really great at the beginning of this week. Nice. Very good. Anyone else have something to share? Uh, this past Thursday, I went over to, uh, uh, St. Paul's Outreach had a fundraising banquet. I was over there, um, and it was good to be over there and just kind of connect with that that community. I've been involved with St. Paul's Outreach a little bit when I was in college, so got to see some familiar faces and uh, talk to some guys who were considering the priesthood and kind of encourage them in their journey. So that was that was good. I would say kind of just witnessing faith over there, uh, being energized by kind of the way that people are really living the faith over at Ohio State. So that was really positive for me. Absolutely, that's so good. And uh, my Catholic moment would be uh, my meeting with uh, John a little earlier this morning. We were talking about uh, piloting here in our parish, the Melchizedek Project, mm-hmm. where we get together some nice. of uh, young men who are thinking about priesthood, trying to discern what God's calling for them is. And um, happily, we were discussing, discussing some names of kids in the parish, young men in the parish, that um, we would invite to this. And happily, we had a few that came immediately to mind, and I'm sure I think of a few more to invite along the way. So it's positive, I think, to be able to quickly come up or identify some names of uh, young men in parish who would, uh, one, are maybe already considering this, but two, um, would be good uh, candidates to ask to, to think about this. Awesome. That seems like a fantastic segue to our topic today, which is, um, you know, like, just asking John and Dominic to sort of share, like, 
when did you first begin to consider thinking about the priesthood as a possibility for your life's call? Like at what point in time did that, did you, that first inclination? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's really kind of hard to pin down because for as long as I can remember, I've been like attracted to the priesthood. I mean, I always joke when I was little, like my two, when people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, my two things that I like were really kind of consuming me and I was torn between the two was like being a priest or being a garbage man. Like those were <laughs> the two. Uh, and like in my like little five-year-old mind were like equally meaningful and like, I, I don't know, I think like the garbage man just hanging on the back of the truck was cool to me. So. Going for a ride. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so kind of like it was attracted to the priest. I used to pretend to say mass when I was little. Um. But then, like, kind of as I grew through middle school, um, the priesthood, I was like, I don't really want to be a garbage man anymore. That kind of stinks. Like, I'm like, I don't really want to be a priest anymore. Like, that's kind of what, like, all the priests I, I knew for the most part were kind of old. I was like, I don't really want to be, like, an old guy for the rest of my life. So I was like, ah, it's not really. For me, so I was kind of still thinking about it a little bit. But it wasn't until I got, like, halfway through high school that I realized I was like, life is so uncertain. And to decide what I want to do without asking God is kind of pointless. And I really need to include God in this. And, uh ask him what he wants me to do with my life. And if that is the priesthood, then then that's a beautiful thing. And so I started to pray about my vocation more um, and to ask God, like, what, what is your plan for me? And kind of reveal that to me. And in that time of prayer, kind of started to, to see that the Lord had what had been preparing me for the priesthood and kind of was continuing to place that on my heart. Uh, but it wasn't until I was in college um, that I really started taking ownership of my faith, developing a regular prayer life, um, praying a holy hour on a regular basis, that I found like that peace to say yes to the Lord's will. Um, the priesthood, like it, it can be intimidating to take that step to enter seminary. It wasn't until like I spent time in prayer that the Lord gave me that peace in my heart to say yes to Him and to, to respond freely. Yeah, yeah, my story is pretty similar. Yeah, I cannot remember a time where the priesthood wasn't at least in the back of my head. Um, I had a great mom. Uh, she used to. to you still <laughs> have a great mom. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have a really great mom. She used to take me to a Eucharistic adoration since I was like three years old. Um, and those are just really amazing, powerful times. I remember we had a priest at the parish, uh, Father Ryan Schmidt, uh, who uh, when we, we, we would go into the sacristy after Mass to, uh, uh, just to talk to him and stuff. And there'd be like a big chair and I would go and I, w- I would sit in it thinking like, oh, my gosh, I'm sitting in the priest's chair. Yeah, that's, that's actually my chair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I, I remember Father Ryan being like, now. Nah, you sit in that chair, you have to become a priest. And I remember it being like a four-year-old being like, heck yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> right, so yeah, since I was yeah, since I was a little kid, um, it's just been on my heart. And yeah, very similar when I got to middle school, I sort of attribute it to just living in the world more, being exposed to a lot of uh not very good things, uh just from being in the world, um, which really like made me uh not uh yeah, not discern it very well and not want to do it. Uh, and then when, when I got to high school, I had a friend where uh, he invited me to come to CYC Damascus. Uh, and that's where I really became in tune with my faith again um, and started to live that out and hearing that call uh, once more. And then when I got to my senior year of high school, I just had like a feeling in me of just like, I know that if I try to uh, go to college first or, or something like that, that like eventually I'm just going to end up in seminary. It's just going to happen. Uh, it was just inevitable in my mind so i was like all right i'll 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 make the step i'll talk to our our dov and the rest is history here i am <laughs> dov by the way is director of vocations yeah. for those of you who don't very know good clarification, very <laughs> clarification. <laughs> how about you father um you know i i started thinking about it 
when I was uh, in second grade, about the time I was preparing for first uh, communion, of course, you do all the mass things, take the white bread, smash it, make those, you know, <laughs> distribute it to your siblings who are kneeling on the stairwell. <laughs> it makes it kind of hard to do yeah. <laughs> without falling. But anyway, uh, and the reason I started thinking about it at that point is because I um, had an uncle, I still have an uncle, but he's deceased, and he was a Carmelite priest, and uh, he was, we always had a great time my siblings and I, when he would come to visit, he's just the coolest uh, uncle and who happened to be a priest. And so I wanted to be just like him. And so that's got what got me thinking about um, the priesthood. And I pretty much had that idea until I was um, around eighth grade when I noticed girls and uh, figured out they weren't as creepy as I once thought that they were. <laughs> and so that kind of distracted me for a long time. Um, decided I wanted to get married, really. And have a family and all through high school and college um, until I got what I thought I wanted I, I met a, a woman who I was seriously thinking about um, marrying and I bought the engagement ring but then something happened I just could not give her the ring I felt like I was really making a big I would be making a big mistake if I did that because I hadn't really checked out the priesthood and I guess that was still in my subconscious all along and so I struggled with that for a while, and then eventually after probably two years struggling with that, I decided, you know, I'm getting tired of this. I guess um, I just need to go to seminary, something like what you know, Dominic described. It's just you got to go to find out and mm -hmm. discern, and so that's what I did. And I, well, I went with the attitude that, you know, first thing goes wrong, I'm out of here. <laughs> and uh, things went wrong, but I, I mostly enjoyed it, so I stuck, I stuck it out. So. You know, people ask me today, what made you decide to be a priest? Or no, when did you decide to be a priest? And I kind of quit sometimes this morning when I was shaving. <laughs> yeah. but it's something you have to decide every day, right? That you're going to live what God has asked you to do. That goes for any vocation. I was just going to say, uh, as a, somebody who's living the married vocation, that's something you get up every day and you recommit yourself to and live into that grace that God is providing. For that exactly. for the moments that you're going to be yeah, counseling, yeah. remind yourself you've made that commitment, and yeah. that now today I have to live it. Yeah, I'm going to live it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so what has surprised you about living seminary life? Anything in particular? I know when I first entered seminary, I was very much surprised by how. Uh, like laid back it was in terms of just like I was terrified entering seminary that it was going to be like, you know, day one, like you're suddenly a priest and you don't know, like you wake up and it's like, Oh shoot, I'm a priest. And <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for, but like, it's a long process and there's a lot of baby steps. Um, so I think I was kind of surprised by um, how easy it was to enter into seminary, like the kind of starting the routine of seminary. And like they, when you enter seminary, right, they recognize that, that you're still young and that you still like need to grow. And so they don't ask more of you than, than you can give and so it, it's been cool like seeing the way that I've grown throughout seminary and that they continue to ask more of me right as I have journeyed through seminary but I think I would say what surprised me most when I entered seminary was like how easy it was and also how like normal all the guys were in seminary like there's some of the coolest guys I've met in seminary um, so I think that's one thing and then also um, I would say I was surprised just by how much I've grown in seminary so I think I was kind of thinking like oh I'll enter seminary and then just have some boxes to check and then I'll get ordained but 
Um, no, I've really grown a lot, and that's been cool to see the way that, that the Lord's worked through the priests at the seminary to help to help me grow and to become the man that He's calling me to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really relate with that. I mean, I have to say that like you like imagine that the guys at seminary are going to be these guys who are like okay, they just pray all the time. You know, they probably like have like a Latin Roman missile somewhere or whatever, which most of them do. It's okay. <laughs> you know, but you get there and they're like, yeah, they just. They're, they're, they're just fellows just like you have been discerning uh, sometimes for as long as you, sometimes a lot longer. You know, it's funny. Um, so I'm 19 and there's a deacon who joined uh, the seminary when he was in 2015. So I was in sixth grade. <laughs> so it's crazy to think about just the, the big age dem- demographic, but how we can all relate to each other um, just by how. Um, yeah, just how we're all striving after Christ. So it really, there is a lot of great fraternity uh, in seminary. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Father? So, I mean, you were in seminary longer ago. <laughs> oh, that was so, so long ago. Anything stand out? <laughs> you can't remember. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Thanks. Um, no, I agree. I think, uh, you know, John said it, it's a, mostly a, a group of really high quality guys you know there were a few jerks there and uh, most of the jerks didn't end up being priests but uh, yeah I think just they were to discover that there's a lot of guys that are just like yourself they're pretty normal they have a lot of same interests and, um, you know I think that was encouraging right off the bat um, as I said you know there were a few people you wonder they ever get in here <laughs> but um you know you're never going to probably find a higher concentration of really good uh quality men who are you know really striving to do god's will it's, it's encouraging yeah and too like the seminary is a place of discernment kind of like what father was saying right so it's um one of our spiritual directors always says that God calls some men to the priesthood, uh, to seminary just to, to form them and then to send them back out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, our rector always likes to joke that the seminary forms men so that their wives or bishops don't have to. And <laughs> yeah. So like, there are men called to the pre- uh, called to seminary um, who are not called to the priesthood, just seeing the way that they grow in that time mm-hmm. and are shaped and mature as men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Other things, experiences, how do I ask this? Um, how do you experience our community or your family supporting your your vocation, your just this time of discernment? Like what, what do you find most helpful, I guess? What do we find most helpful? Like yeah. in while discerning? Yes. Okay. Yes. I would say um, just knowing that people are praying for you. Um, mm-hmm. and, that what uh, being in seminary, right? It can sometimes seem like uh, you're in a tunnel and, and the light's very far at the, <laughs> yeah. the end, right? Being in school for six to eight years is a long time. Um, but I remember my first year in seminary. Uh, I've been in probably about a semester, just coming up on the end of the first semester, so been in two or three months, and just had a, like a particularly bad day, just like frustrating with school and like, okay, this is a long process. And I remember going down. We have a mailroom, so I went to my mailbox just to see if anything showed up, and there were like ten cards from second graders at one of the Catholic schools who just mm-hmm. like sent me a card, said, "Oh, I'm praying for you, like Merry Christmas." And like it was cool to just see the way that like what I am doing has meaning, and even though um, right now I'm in school and I'm learning and I'm being formed, 
um, what I am doing will help people in the future. Um, and this matters, right? Like there's the salvation of souls depends on uh, God using, God uses me to, to help save people. And uh, it's kind of cool to recognize that and to have people remind you of that um, through letters or cards or prayers that people send. Anything? I feel like I might go through this whole thing and just be like, yeah, exactly what John said. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely. I love getting well, one, of, one of my formation goals this year uh, is to, when I get like a card of someone saying, like, hey, I'm praying for you, to immediately sit down and write them a thank you note. Because I get them all the time. And sometimes it's, like, it's actually it's hard to keep up with the thank you notes or whatever because it's just so much support. And it really is so encouraging. It really is. So keep them coming, guys. <laughs> I'd also say right like when I was discerning in high school having people like invite me um, to be a priest people like people coming up after mass and saying like you should think about the priesthood and you can't say it to every guy you meet because then it becomes meaningless but if you like recognize qualities in young men um, that you see um, that are fatherly qualities that would help them as a priest mm-hmm. like let them know and I think I forget um, the, the exact statistics but when I was looking at some of the real present real future uh, data one of the questions was like when have you last invited a guy to mm-hmm. consider the priesthood and the number was really like embarrassingly low and so like we need as a diocese need to invite more guys to be priests and mm-hmm. to, to put it on that radar i think one of the uh, challenges that uh, parents face is the fear that um if they encourage this too much that they're pushing uh their children into this mm-hmm. and you know I, you know, be not afraid yeah, you don't want to be pushy about it, but on the other hand, you just don't want to be silent either. And especially if you see some qualities in your own child or someone else's, for that matter, that would be good for the priesthood. Just to ask, you know, have you ever thought about this? Um, have you ever considered this? I know in my life growing up, my my uh, parents never really um, said anything uh, one way or the other. Like when I was in fourth grade, I wanted to go to a divine word missionary retreat for uh, kids. And me and a classmate, I still remember his name, Billy Rackett, we got on a Greyhound bus and went to Toledo. <laughs> so my parents were very supportive, you know, going mm-hmm. fourth grader, uh, fifth grader on the bus, you know, to go up to Toledo to go check this out. Well, but, um, you know, most of the time they're just pretty quiet about it and um, just quietly supportive, I guess. Um, so when I finally said to them, you know, I'm, I've, I've decided I, I need to go to seminary and check this out. Well, we were wondering how long it was going to take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, so yeah, be not afraid. You know, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that this is the work of God, and it takes faith to trust that God will help whoever He calls to do. But whether that's marriage, you know, I, I, I respond a lot of times to parents. You know, we. Marriage is tough too, you know, especially in this day and age with everything that's working against it. And so it's a pretty, pretty scary proposition too, you know, so be not afraid. Mm-hmm. When, when we look around us, like what would you say the qualities that you would consider as being important or would they, would make a young man stand out? Well, when I'm looking for, and I'm sure, you know, Probably not that far off, uh, Mark, <laughs> but um, for what other people would say, um, someone um, who has the capacity to um, look out for the other person, um, the 
they have this uh, ability to be somewhat, at least starting off selfless. Um, they, they are helpful to other people mm -hmm. um, that they pray. Obviously, if they're going to mass regularly, um, a lot of times, you know, those two things are combined in altar serving. And so we try and keep our eyes, you know, on the young men that are serving at the altar, um, obviously, because um, there's potential um, there just by the fact that they are offering their service um, and that they're coming regularly to pray at Mass. But there's also, um, you know, uh, cultivation of a personal prayer life or, and reflection. Um, you know, even in kids, sometimes when I'm in the classroom, I'm talking with them and ask a question and, uh, and just uh, my eyebrows go up when a kid has a tremendous answer. Man, that kid's thoughtful, mm -hmm. you know. And so, you know, that, that sends up the little flag about, we've got to keep an eye on this, this kid. See? So, you know, those kind of things that they're, you know, they're considerate, respectful, um, seem to have a prayer life, uh, good family life at home um, is helpful, obviously, um, and a tendency to serve. So, um, Father, this is a present question for you, but um, when you guys who are in seminary right now think about the possibility of being a priest what is it about the life that most excites you like when you, when you like cannot wait for whatever it is like for me i would say it's hearing confessions right so uh, just kind of having people bring their brokenness um, before you um, but recognizing again right that i'm just an instrument of the lord um, and just seeing the way that the lord um, uses the priest um, to bring healing to people who are who are broken, right, to bring their souls back to life, who are dead in sin. Um, and I think that's just, like, I've been, uh, like, the most profound moments I've had with the Lord have been in confession, so just seeing the way, that, right, it wasn't anything that priest did, but the Lord worked through him, so kind of allowing myself to be an instrument of the Lord to bring healing and wholeness to people in confession, I would say, is the one thing that I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, the sacraments are so attractive, whether it's Mass or confession or baptism, just being able to literally be the high, like, be a priest and offer your sacrifice on behalf of the people is like such a mind blowing thought that like me and my little mortal body can be a part of that is <laughs> really awesome. But another part of the priesthood life that I really I would try to is just the lifestyle of just like having like your, your life is dedicated to service. Like you wake up at five o'clock, go and you get your coffee because you need it to get through the day, you know, <laughs> you know, and, you, you do that six o'clock mass to get those farmers to the fields or get those workmen, you know, and then throughout the whole day, it's weddings, masses, funerals, and you're constantly with people and helping them and talking about God with them is super attractive to me. Um, that, that, that's definitely a part of my personality just in general. I like to be really busy, uh, but also just like on a spiritual level, like the Lord is just, I feel like he's called me to something like that. It might not be priesthood eventually. I might leave seminary, but I definitely know that yeah i love business <laughs> how about you father so what is, in the life that you're living right now what is that that really i i think it's along uh the same lines just having the opportunity to be invited into people's lives at a crucial uh time really a lot of times it's uh, like if it's confession to help heal uh, uh brokenness um, to give encouragement uh, someone in a counseling situation. Um, 
being with people when they're dying and their families and, you know, the rights of the church for burial, funerals, and so forth. Um, so, you know, we, we have a, a privilege to that we're invited into people's lives in a very intimate way a lot of times and respectful of that and also to be helpful or bringing our faith into that for them, helping them cope with that. So if there are young men in our community or listening to this podcast who um, might be hearing this call to the priesthood, what would be your best piece of wisdom for them? Right. <laughs> just take it to the Lord. You know, um, you can't discern it on on your own, right? If it's a call, it's a call from God. Um, so it's super easy or, or or tempting to begin to look at it in a very like uh, psychological way or uh, methodical way of like, okay, I need to look at all 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 my qual all of my qualities. Okay, I'm not a good public speaker, therefore I can't be a priest, right? That's that's the worst way to discern of all times. The word discern, this is what my spiritual director says all the time. It comes from the Latin word. I think it's pronounced cernary or something like that. I'm not very good at Latin. I would be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, which means to sift through is what it means. So to discern is to sift, right? To do your research, to expose yourselves to things, sift it, and then pray about it. Sift it, pray about it. Um, so going through that that methodicalness of um, of you know, going to a come and see, experiencing that, then taking that to prayer, like, mm, Lord, can I actually do this? Um, or going to a Melchizedek project, uh, reading uh, a really great book about discernment um, and then praying about it is probably one of the most efficient ways, I would say, to discern. Yeah, I would say, like, like definitely you obviously have to pray, um, <laughs> like, like Dominic was explaining so well, but, like, you also have to take a step in faith, mm-hmm. um, whether that's talking to your pastor I'm talking to a seminarian, talk like going to a Melchizedek project, going to a come and see at the seminary, um, or even like entering seminary. I mentioned, right? Like you're never going to be entirely certain, and at some point you have to take a step out in faith. So if it's come to you in prayer that you need to consider the priesthood, then take a step and talk to somebody about it. Get out of your head and actually talk to another person about it. I think it's really helpful. Yeah, I, uh, I'll echo that. And I think John uh, said it well. Get out of your head. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I did for a long time is I'm just trying to sort this thing out on my own these ongoing daily conversations while I'm at work, whatever I'm doing inside my head. And I needed to get out of my head and talk to people and go have um, some experiences that could be helpful then and uh, discerning whether or not it's a good idea for me to go to seminary and discern in a, in a, a very um, intense way uh, whether I'm being called or not. And this discernment, as Dominic pointed out, takes place in in the context of others, you know, mm-hmm. the church involves people. And so again, we got, it's not all on us. And so we've got feedback from people uh, that also help us in this discernment process to, to let us know if this makes sense for us to continue down this path or not. Yeah. And I think it's just, all, it, it, you cannot discern if you don't believe that God lo- loves you. Right. You have to start there. If you can't, um, that like, you have to sort of realize that no matter where God is, is, is calling you, he's calling you there because that's where you, he wants to love you. And that's where he's calling you to. And that you have to like cultivate a trust between him as you discern. Um, 
Yeah, because if you don't realize that he loves you, then... And love is meant to bring joy, right? Yeah. And so if you're feeling joy uh, from this love of God and a sense that he's calling you to this, you're feeling joy, then that's a good sign. Absolutely. Um, if you're not, uh, then, you know, there's something else uh, going on. And so it's just like the... You, uh, John mentioned the wanting to be a garbage man. Of course, that's not a vocation. <laughs> but just today, I was taking a walk at lunchtime, walked down the street, and this garbage truck is coming barreling down the street. And the guy's hanging on the back, and he just waves at me. Even before I waved in, he's just waving. He's joyful. He was happy. That kind of touched my heart. Right? You know, I was thinking, gosh. If only everybody was joyful doing what they're, yeah, they're doing, you know. And, but when we do, when we realize that God loves us and we are doing what um, he wants us to do, he doesn't want us to be happy and just feel like we're making a sacrifice all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, in any vocation, marriage, whatever, you feel, you feel yeah. a sense of joy. Thanks for that thought. I didn't know how to phrase that, and you phrased it very well. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for your time today. John and Dominic and Father. Um, We're going to wrap up another episode of St. Matthew Moment. Um, But as we do, I just wanted to give a call out to um, Brian Gebhardt and Donato Dalberto for um, being instrumental in bringing Father Vincent Lampert to the parish list last weekend. I think um, many of us who attended really valued that time we got to hear him speak about um, spiritual warfare and exorcism and the things that we can do to um, keep ourselves safe and just the awareness of how Satan operates in the world around us and that he is real. Um, So I recommend if you were not able to attend, we streamed it. So it's available on our YouTube channel. So check that out too. And he had a great way of addressing a very serious topic, but with some humor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It wasn't scary. It was. He didn't make it scary. He made it very real, but also just very um, a way that you could really understand it and not be afraid, but just intentionally vigilant. His messages. You know, we are not to fear anything, including evil. So check that out. Highly recommend it. And that's another episode of Saint Matthew.